Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, the team makes some more roster moves as they lose a couple more guys to the COVID-19 reserve list. I'll tell you all about that. Plus, the latest injury report is out. In anticipation of Sunday, we'll go over it, talk about who I think may be in, who I think may be out. And speaking of Sunday, I'll give you my thoughts on what I believe needs to happen for the Raiders to come away with the victory and improve to 8-7 and seven over the season and still stay in the mix. Plus, of course, your calls and texts will close out the show on Christmas Eve. That's what it is, baby. Get all your last-minute shopping in. Do what you got to do. This will be the soundtrack for you. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast for Friday, December 24th, 2021. Let's get it. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. Your win is a Raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast being brought to you today by On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL, and it's the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location and I'd always like to thank you for making the Lockdown Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day and remember you can find the show free and available on all platforms and as far as news and notes go the Raiders have placed two more guys on the COVID-19 reserve list uh, they tweeted out on Thursday that they placed offensive lineman Jermaine Illuminor and safety Roderick Teamer on the reserve COVID-19 list and then uh, as a roster move they also signed defensive back Tony Brown to the practice squad and released tight end Matt Bushman from the practice squad but going back to the COVID-19 reserve list guys offensive lineman Jermaine Illuminor he's a really good backup so that could be a blow to a team that probably will not have him now on Sunday and then safety Roderick Teamer is a real big blow because he's a member of the secondary that's already without Nate Hobbs currently now he could come back he may end up being in action on Sunday but as of right now still on the COVID-19 reserve list that's a big loss and then of course Brandon Faison uh, the other defensive back he was put on the COVID-19 reserve list uh, just the other day as well on Wednesday and so uh, all of a sudden you know something that we talked about quite a bit last week when we were talking about the Raiders leading up to the Browns game is that they didn't have anybody on the COVID-19 list they were doing really good you know that was the claim to fame there's nothing going on with the Raiders they are getting punished for something that they don't have going on but we all felt like hey something could pop at any minute and I don't know if going to Cleveland and playing that game on Monday uh, had anything to do with it but right now that's where they stand for a team that didn't have anybody on the list right now currently they have Nate Hobbs they have Brandon and facing they have Roderick Teamer and they have Jermaine Illuminor before this past weekend went by before week 15 when they played Cleveland they only had two guys all season long Jalen Richard and of course Trent Sieg the long snapper but if, but I mean you're seeing it across the league so it's not like it's a big surprise they're still doing really good with it but you're seeing it across the league you're seeing it across all sports I mean this new variant of uh, COVID is so easy to catch and from everything I understand and this is just my understanding so don't kill the messenger that it's not that bad of a variant it's not going to do too much to you but especially if you're vaccinated but it's just really easy to catch and again that's just what I've heard and that's just my understanding but right now the Raiders are dealing with it and uh 
uh, it really could hurt them for Sunday, especially in the secondary. And so I mentioned the roster moves that they made. They signed defensive back Tony Brown to the practice squad, and they released tight end Matt Bushman. Now, Matt Bushman was a guy that a lot of people were excited about, thought that he could bring some kind of juice to the table, and was almost like a guy that they were stealing as he came off an injury when he was in college. And so the Raiders were really kind of just bringing him along slowly. Uh, They had to release him from the practice squad to make room for Tony Brown. Now, Tony Brown comes from Alabama. He was an undrafted guy in 2018. Uh, The Chargers signed him, had him in the offseason in the practice squad. They released him. Then the Packers picked him up in 2018, and uh, he played there in 2018 and 19. Then with the Bengals in 2020 and 2021. And then earlier this uh, year, he was with the Raiders practice squad and was released on November 1st. Uh, And now he is back because of what I mentioned already, the Raiders being hit pretty hard uh, in the secondary as far as COVID-19 goes. So at least he knows the, the defense pretty well. He's a veteran, so, I mean, he's a guy that in a pinch they could probably throw out there. Uh, he's a guy that in his career has had 58 career tackles, two forced fumbles, six pass breakups in 20 total games, all with the Green Bay Packers, 11 in 2018 and nine in 2019. So that's Tony Brown. He's a guy that I think that they'll break glass in case of emergency as far as this game goes on Sunday just because, again, that secondary is being hit. I'm sure they're trying to hold on to him just in case as they see who comes back from that COVID-19 reserve list. So something to pay attention to, something that we'll monitor. We'll get another injury report coming up later this afternoon. And speaking of injury reports, I do have the one from Thursday, and I wanted to go over it real quickly. As far as the Raiders are concerned, let me go over the guys that did not participate first. Jonathan Abram, we know he's out for the season. Will Compton, he's still dealing with the death of his mother, so he did not participate. I'd be shocked to see him uh, return to the Raiders on Sunday. I just don't think that that's going to happen. And uh, dealing with the death of his mother, I don't blame him. So Will Compton, again, all prayers are with him and his family. Hopefully he's able to uh, handle that. Also not participating on Thursday, defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins. Been dealing with the back injury Wednesday and Thursday. Both uh, no-goes as far as participation in practice. So that's one you want to monitor. He's a big deal. He's a guy who's probably very underrated at the defensive tackle position, but he's going to be needed to help slow down that run as far as the the Broncos go. Uh, Also not participating on Thursday. How about this? Tackle Brandon Parker is dealing with the knee injury. He was limited on Wednesday and then did not participate on Thursday. So instead of getting better, it sounds like he's getting a little bit worse. He's trending down instead of trending up. That is a concern because who's up next, especially with now Jermaine Illuminor up on the uh, on the COVID-19 reserve list. And I know that he mostly is a guard anyway, but I mean, you're starting to lose bodies. You know, that's what I'm mainly talking about. You're starting to lose bodies along that offensive line. So Brandon Parker is a guy to monitor. Hopefully he's able to participate later on today, go through the walkthrough at least. You just want to see him trending up before game day on Sunday. And then Darren Waller, no shock there. Knee and a back injury. He hasn't participated in a very long time. Uh, I said it the other day. I don't expect him to participate anytime soon and would be shocked if he plays it all this season. Uh, the rest of the season, I mean, I just, I don't look for it. You know what I mean? I just don't. And if it all of a sudden pops up, and it's like, hey, Darren Waller practice today. It's like, okay, cool. Maybe he will play. But uh, I just think that this injury is one that just nobody has any idea about. So, just got to take it how it comes. And so Darren Waller still out with that knee and that back injury. Again, I don't expect to see him play on Sunday. A couple guys that were limited on Thursday. How about Divine Diablo dealing with the shoulder and elbow injury? Hopefully he trends up because he's been a guy that's been getting a lot more burn as of late. You'd like to see him out there participating. Uh, tight end Daniel Helm. Uh, he's dealing with a knee injury. He was limited on Wednesday, limited on Thursday. Foster Moreau, the other tight end. Abdomen and thigh injury, limited on Wednesday, also limited on Thursday. Denzel Perryman, the pro bowler, dealing with the ankle injury, didn't participate on Wednesday. He was limited on Thursday. So at least he's trending 
in the right direction. That's the guy that you really need to see out there on Sunday. Again, trying to stop the Denver Broncos run. Uh, I'm telling you, Denver uh, is going to run. They're going to run, and they're going to run the ball some more. So guys like Devon Diablo is going to be needed. Denzel Perriman, K.J. Wright, they're all going to be needed to be out there and uh, really trying to slow down that run because if not, they will get on top of you quick, fast, and in a hurry. So uh, that's the Raiders injury report for Thursday. Uh, later on this afternoon, we'll get the Friday edition of the injury report. Rich Basaccia will meet with us uh, today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center about 1 o'clock, and there's no show today, no live shows on Raider Nation Radio 920, so I will be in, uh, in attendance of the media session because, well, I don't have anything else I have to do. <laughs> Go to practice, check it out, and cover the media session, ask a few questions, and see uh, what the mood of the team is heading into the weekend, heading into Christmas, and, of course, Sunday's game versus Denver Broncos. And the final thing I got for you here in segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, I just want you to hear a little bit of the Rich Eisen Show. And this is actually from Tuesday following the Raiders' win over the Browns. And if you're on Twitter, you may have seen a little bit of this. Uh, I saw some of it cut up, but uh, it's just like about a little two-minute segment of him talking about the resiliency of the Raiders and where they are right now and how he's actually shocked that they're where they are at 7-7. Seven and seven. I know a lot of Raider fans, I know myself, you know, we're disappointed in the way that the season is shaken out, but there's been a lot to have to uh, overcome if you're in the silver and black, if you're wearing those jerseys, if you're in that locker room, if you're that coaching staff. And so I thought Rich Eisen really broke it down pretty well. So here's Rich Eisen talking about the resiliency of the Raiders. As for the Las Vegas Raiders, what more has this team been through and gone through? What more can they go through? Their coach, they come off of it. They, they have an incredible start to the season, and their coach, poof, is gone. Google it if you need to for John Gruden. I don't think anybody needs to. Henry Ruggs on their bye week gets drunk, gets behind the wheel of a car, kills somebody, going in insane miles per hour. His life is essentially destroyed. He destroys another person's life, and that now rests in the locker room with somebody that they went to battle with and they loved and they were shocked by and they're may be disappointed by, but all of those emotions needed to be corralled with an interim head coach. And the team swooned. But they show up on Thanksgiving and beat the Dallas Cowboys, and then they swoon again, and then they get a game in Cleveland, one of those must-have games, and it's on a Saturday, and they show up for work on Friday. I had Brian Edwards, who had the first touchdown of the night for the uh, Vegas Raiders. Um last night and he had uh, he opened the scoring in the game I had him on the Westwood one halftime coverage of the Bears and the and the um, and the Vikings uh, he, he he confirmed what everyone was reporting Chris last Friday is that they showed up to and we're like McCarran Airport they were waiting. ready to go yeah. they were going through TSA That's and they crazy. said turn around wow go home they were going through the checkpoint they 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 had to turn around go home Okay, so what? We just wait for an update? You'll text us when to go to the airport? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they're fun Is that what's standby. going on? Like, that's yeah, fun <laughs> So they then go to Cleveland, and yeah, they did have more of their players, and Cleveland had more of theirs. And I know that's what a lot of people might say the Vegas Raiders, you couldn't beat Nick Mullins. Hey, man. They're still human beings who had to get on a plane, who had to get out of their routine, and this is a very routinized business. And it looked pretty damn bleak when Derek Carr threw that interception and they played defense and they got the ball back and Carr got him down the field and Daniel Carlson is nails. 
and the Vegas Raiders are still in the mix. So I thought that was good to hear from Rich Eisen. You know, he's not a guy that's going to go out there and try to make excuses for any team in the league. I mean, he covers the entire league. He's not just a fan of a team or anything. He's just a guy that's out there speaking what he needs to speak. He covers the NFL like a glove. And uh, I, I hear things sometimes, and I want to bring them to the table because I think that sometimes people need to hear it. And I thought that that was one of them right there, Rich Eisen talking about uh, the resiliency of the silver and black. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, going to talk about keys to victory. I got three offensively, three defensively. What do the Raiders need to do? Well, I'll let you know all about that after I tell you about our good friends at Built Bar. And we are getting so close now to that day, that magical day on Saturday, Christmas, right? Candy cane brownie bites. How does that sound under your tree or in your stocking? How about ruby chocolate Built Bar puffs? Lemon dip cheesecake Built Bar puffs? Or eggnog. Doesn't the eggnog sound good? Something that you can have with a, a Christmas snack or a Christmas dinner? Yeah, maybe it could be that snack after your dinner. Well, Built Bar has got you covered. Of course, great tasting flavors. All the ones that I just mentioned, uh, they have a lot set up for the holiday time. But the thing about it is, yeah, they're great tasting snacks, but they're good for you. How often do you get something that tastes really, really good? How many times do you do like I do? I'll eat something. I'll say, oh, I know that this ain't going to sit well with me. I know that this ain't good for me. But, man, it tastes so good. I'm going to do it anyway. Well, you could get that same feeling, but it's going to sit well with you. It's going to be good for you because it is good for you, and that is Built Bar. Built.com is the website. Check them out today. You can check out all the delicious flavors that I just told you about, plus many, many more. And if you use the promo code LOCK15, you'll save 15% off your order just like that. So not only am I going to get you hooked up with a great taste of protein bar, a great taste of protein snack in the Candy Cane Brownie Bites case, but I'm also going to save you money at the same time. So check them out. Check them out right now. Built.com, promo code LOCK15. I also want to tell you about Stat Hero. And anyone who plays fantasy sports, well, you'll understand this and you'll really appreciate it because nobody plays daily fantasy sports to lose, right? No. Winning feels so much better. But traditional fantasy sports, they're a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups. Winner takes all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero will actually show you their lineups before you play, and you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. This never-before-seen innovation of a fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better. And you want to know why? Well, because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. With Stat Hero, you're in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero, head-to-head, is what daily fantasy should be. It's one-on-one. Right now, sign up at StatHero.com slash LockedOn. Use promo code LockedOn for a 100% deposit match. That's StatHero.com slash LockedOn. Using the promo code LockedOn for a 100% match. Again, for the folks in the back row, StatHero.com slash LockedOn. Promo code LockedOn. Terms and conditions apply. Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to break down the keys to victory. We're going to do it both offensively and defensively. And today I'll start out with the offense. And, well, I don't know why, but I just decided I want to start out with the offense today. Uh, The Raiders are playing in Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. 125 is the official kickoff Pacific Standard Time. I'll be doing the pregame, pregame show, 10 a.m. to about 11.15. Then pass the sticks on to JT the Brick and Eric Allen to take you all the way up to game time. Lincoln Kennedy and Brent Musburger will take over 
over after that to give you the official call. Of course, you can hear that game on Radio Nation Radio 920. And, of course, all Compass Media stations will have it as well. So uh, you'll be able to listen to the call of the game. But let's start off with the offensive side of things when it comes to the Raiders versus Denver Broncos on Sunday. And I think the first thing you've got to do is something that I talk about quite a bit, and that's establish somewhat of a run game. I realize it's not going to be a dominant run game. It's not going to be last year or the year before where Josh Jacobs goes for a buck 50 or whatever. I know that that's not going to be the case. I know there's many reasons for that. Uh, One is the offensive line has struggled to open up a lot of uh, run holes. You know, I get that. But they've got to be able to establish some kind of run. Something has got to give, especially since Denver is not very good at stopping the run. If that's their Achilles heel for their defense, you've got to find a way to be able to exploit that. And, you know, they had this issue when they played the Chargers earlier in the season because the Chargers are terrible against the run. And so that was one of my biggest keys. Like, hey, you've got to be able to run the rock. If they can't stop you running, you've got to be able to do that. And the Raiders weren't able to do that. And the Chargers really did a good job of trying to bottle them up when they did try to uh, run the ball. And it just, it didn't happen. And this is one of those cases, again, the Denver defense is really good when it comes to the pass game. You know, they got Darby out there. They got Sertan out there. They got some guys. You know, they got uh, uh, safeties at the back end. They've got dudes that could battle you in the passing game. So you've got to be able to hit them where it hurts. And where it hurts for for the Broncos is in the run game. They're just not that good at slowing it down. So Josh Jacobs and Peyton Barber, they've just got to do the best they can to get something going. And really, when I say that, I'm looking at a game like they had in uh, in Cleveland. It doesn't have to be 100 yards, but still, you have to know that they could just hand it off at any time and Jacobs might be able to get four yards. Or, you know, Peyton Barber goes for four or five yards. I mean, and and he had some nice bursts. I do like what I saw from Peyton Barber in particular on Monday. And I always like what I see from Josh Jacobs, even though it hasn't been as effective as it usually is. Uh, I just like that that Uh, that threat is there. You've got to establish some kind of threat with the run game. Now, after that, it's got to be Derek Carr time. He's got to take some shots. And I did mention the secondary and that they could be some ball hawks between Sertan, Darby, Simmons. I mean, those guys, they'll make plays. They'll absolutely make a bunch of plays on the ball and and try to, uh, you know, try to intercept the ball, take it away. I get that. But Derek Carr still got to take some shots. He's got to keep them honest. So Zay Jones has got to get on his on his horse. And I know most of Derek Carr's interceptions have come when he targets Zay Jones. So he's going to have to target Deshaun Jackson. And one thing I think he needs to do is hit Deshaun Jackson early in the game. Get him engaged. That's one of those guys that you've got to get him involved. I, I feel like he's very Henry Ruggs-like, where if you didn't go to Henry Ruggs early in the game, then later in the game he might not be fully engaged and he might not make the play you need him to make. I think Deshaun Jackson needs to get targeted early, similar to what Derek Carr did uh, on, on uh, Thanksgiving against the Cowboys, where he got him involved super early and they scored on that touchdown. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that you've got to see him get involved early. Derek Carr is going to have to spread the ball around no doubt about it. It's not going to be able just to be, you know, Deshaun Jackson and, and uh, Zay Jones and, and Hunter Renfro. I mean, Brian Edwards is going to have to be sprinkled in there. I mean, there's going to have to be other guys. Uh, Foster Moreau are going to have to be involved as long as he's out there. And you can still dump the ball off to your backs. I mean, there's multiple different things and multiple different players that he can get the ball to. And he's going to have to do that uh, on Sunday. And then the third and biggest key, I think, for the offense Stay ahead of the chains. That's something that I haven't talked about a lot throughout the course of this season, but 
It's something I should be talking about more. The Raiders don't do a very good job of staying in front of the chains. I heard something on Thursday that I thought was a really good, uh, not a cliche, not a little line, but I just thought uh, the statement, what it meant, really meant a lot of sense. Uh, Somebody said, show me a team that does really good on third down, and you'll show me a team that does really good on first down. So if a team is effective on first and second down, they stay in front of the chains, that third down, picking that third down up is going to be that much easier. The Raiders are going to have to do that. They're going to have to find a way to do that on Sunday. Stay ahead of the chains. Get away from third and long. If they get in third and long, they're going to put themselves into a position where everyone knows what's coming, and then they're going to get themselves in trouble. So they've got to find a way to stay ahead of the chains. So that's why the run game is going to be important. The short passing game is going to be important making sure they're getting something. You don't want to get a bunch of empty possessions, or not possessions, but empty downs. You want to get something so you can have a reasonable third down, third and four, third and three, third and two. That's what you want. You want to stay away from third and nine, third and eight, third and 12 because of penalties or something like that. You've got to stay ahead of the chain. So offensively, establish somewhat of a run game. Derek Carr's got to take some shots, but he's got to distribute the ball as well. And then you've got to stay ahead of the chains. Defensively, you already know the number one thing, slow down the rushing attack. Again, similar to what the Raiders did against the Cleveland Browns. And really, I've talked about the Raiders and their not-so-effectiveness when it comes to slowing down the run game. They've been pretty decent ever since the the uh, bye week. Now, they haven't been very decent as far as wins and losses since the bye week, but slowing down the rushing attack, they've done a much better job since the bye week. It isn't perfect. It's not great, but it's better. So they've got to continue that. They've got to do what they were able to do to, to Nick Chubb on Monday uh, with the Browns. They've got to do that on Sunday against uh, a two-headed monster that they have there in, uh, in Denver. So that's going to be the number one key. And then with Drew Locke in there, you know you've got to harass him. So I'm talking to Unique Ngakwe. I'm talking to Max Crosby. Max Crosby's a pro bowler. I'm talking to him. Harass the hell out of Drew Locke. Get pressures on him. Get multiple pressures. Get sacks on him. The more pressures, the more sacks, the more you can harass Drew Locke, what's going to happen? He's going to throw the ball up there. He's going to try to force some things. He's going to get a little skittish in the pocket, and then boom, that's when turnovers happen. Last time the Raiders played the Denver Broncos and Drew Locke was the quarterback in Allegiant Stadium, how many times did he throw interception? Four? I believe he turned the ball over four times. I'm not saying he's going to do that on Sunday, but it's only been two games so far in his career that he started that he hasn't thrown interceptions in. So I've said it so many times, he's going to give a defense an opportunity to make plays. The Raiders have just got to go out there and do it. And part of that is going to be forcing him to throw that bad pass up there or get a little uh, loose with the ball. I don't care if he fumbles the ball. I don't care if Unique Ngakwe gets a couple strip sacks. I mean, that's fine. That's what he does. This should be a game Unique Ngakwe should be licking his chops. He didn't really have a very good game against the Browns. He needs to really come back and make up for it on Sunday. And, and the way to do it would be to be around Drew Locke, have constant pressure on Drew Locke, and make him make some bad decisions. If that happens, there's going to be a couple turnovers that are created. I'm telling you right now, if they can get constant pressure on Locke, he's going to turn the ball over at least two times. I'll say that right now. And, and when it happens, when the first one happens, go ahead and send a tweet at me, at your boy Q254, and say, well, there's one Q, and then boom, another one's going to be coming down the pipeline because that's who he is. Like sacks and turnovers come in bunches, well, for him at the quarterback position, turnovers come in bunches as well. Again, strip sacks, interceptions, you name it, he'll do it. So that's what the Raiders have to do defensively. I don't think the formula is very difficult. It's just something that they got to go out there and handle. And look, you're at home. You've got to get a win at home. 
Stop having these losing games at your own house, man. Start establishing a winning culture at home. So defensively, slow down the rushing attack, harass the quarterback, get pressures and sacks, and force a couple turnovers. I expect at least two turnovers on Sunday from Drew Locke. So that's really all I got for you as far as the uh, keys to victory. Again, I don't think the recipe is asking a whole lot. I just think they need to go out there and execute. Uh, As far as the special teams unit goes, A.J. Cole, Daniel Carlson, just keep doing what you do. You know, I I love the fact that when A.J. Cole's in there, he's able to flip the field, which obviously helps the Raiders' defense as well. And then Daniel Carlson, you really feel like he's money. Uh, I had him on my radio show on Wednesday, and uh, he was a really good dude to talk to, and he's just got a really good mindset, and and he loves those pressure moments. Daniel Carlson just seems to be uh, in a really good place, and that's why the the Raiders rewarded him and A.J. Cole with four-year contract extensions. But that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. What's on your mind? Your calls and texts are coming up next, 707-654-4693. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag, and man, I'll tell you, they've got you covered from Every single sport that you can imagine betting on, they got you. Basketball, pro and college, football, pro and college, NHL, boxing, UFC, they have got you covered. BetOnline.ag is your number one spot for all sports action all season long. Head to the website right now on your mobile device or your laptop. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. How do you do that? You use the promo code Locked On. That's how you get that bonus. All you do is use the promo code Locked On. It's all one word, and you get a 50% welcome bonus just like that. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and it's where the game starts. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls, your text, straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is the number. Let's go ahead and start things off with E. Rich. He's calling to talk about the Raiders, where they are, and where they could be and is okay with the way the things have shaken out so far this season through all the issues that they've dealt with. Here he is, E. Rich. What up, Q? It's your boy, E. Rich. I'm just giving you a quick call here. I know a lot of people have been calling in, complaining about the win over the Browns, complaining about Derek Carr. Look, man, I'm 27 years old. I grew up watching guys like Andrew Walter, Jamarcus Russell, Aaron Brooks. Man, I'm savoring moments like this because I know what it used to be. It used to be way worse than this, man. 7-7, seven seven, I know it's not great, but what it could have been, oh, man, with everything that's gone on this season, we could have easily been a 2-15 and 15 team. You know what I mean? So I'm favoring the moment. I don't know how how many years if this is Derek Carr's you know, last year on the team, but I'm going to favor him, man. He's provided us some stability the last eight years. I remember the days when it was like Josh McCown coming in, Dante Culpepper. Just no stability at all, you know, at the quarterback position. So, man, just because um, Derek Carr's been there a long time, I just respect him for that, you know. We haven't had this on the Raiders. So, I don't know, maybe I'm just a young guy. I haven't got to experience the glory days of the Raiders. But Derek Carr's been there, man. Oh, really? So, I think the Raider fans see the cold a little bit and actually give Carr a little bit more respect. He's you know, been through a lot. I know you played your Colin Calhoun little clip there, and it's absolutely true, man. He's definitely carried the team, you know, the last eight years. So, anyway, I just wanted to give my quick thoughts to let everybody know it could be a lot worse, especially with everything that's going on. I do not want to go back to the Dante Culpepper, Josh McCown days, you know what I mean? So, I'm savoring these last few moments of car if it's this last season. Just wanted to point that out there. Thank you. 
There he goes. E. Rich, good call, my man. And that's something that a lot of us go back to, man. The history of the Raiders quarterbacks in between Gannon and Carr. You know what I mean? I mean, and there's look, and and the thing about it, I've said it so many times. Uh, Carr has stabilized that position ever since Rich Gannon, and I, for some reason, there's some big old thing going on on Twitter between Rich Gannon and Derek Carr, and Carr fans are talking trash about Gannon, and Gannon fans are talking trash about Carr. I'm not here for all that. I just know those are the last two quarterbacks that were any good for the Raiders. I mean, really, and and I like Jason Campbell when he was the Raider quarterback, but when he broke his collarbone, it was a wrap. But I mean, if you want to go back really quick and. You said, uh, who'd you say? Andrew Walter? That's going back to 2006. So Andrew Walter, Aaron Brooks in 2006. 2007, McCown, Culpepper, Russell. 2008, Russell, Walter. 2009, Russell, Grakowski, Fry. 2010, Campbell, Grakowski. 2011, Palmer, Campbell, Bowler. 2012, Palmer, Pryor. 2013, Pryor, McGloin, Flynn, and 2014 to right now is Derek Carr. So there hasn't been a whole lot to get excited about. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't want better. Let's not get it twisted. That doesn't mean that you can't want better, but you have to give Derek Carr credit for at least stabilizing that position and making it somewhat comfortable compared to everything that was a big rotating door uh, in between Rich Gannon, really, and Derek Carr. So thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Next up, I got a text from Raider Al, which is short for Allen out of Alaska. It says, Raider Al, short for Allen here in Alaska. Just want to text in and say congratulations on the success of the podcast and being part of the pregame show. Been listening since the beginning of the season. First listen of the day every day. And Locked On NFL is my second listen on the day on Fridays. I enjoy your work. How can we listen to your radio show online? Is there a podcast? Talking about Locked On NFL, tell Chris Carter there's only one nation, Raider Nation, baby. Originally from the 559, born in Visalia, raised in Anchorage, Alaska, the 907, representing the silver and black. Win, lose, or tie, Raider Nation till I die. Just win, baby. That's from Raider Al, short for Allen in Alaska. Thank you so much for the text. I do appreciate you. Shout out to the 559. I actually used to work at Q97 when the building was in Visalia. So uh, I know a whole lot about Visalia COS. Shout out to COS. You'll know about that. But um, yeah, man, there's definitely ways you can listen to the radio show. Uh, You can actually, if you have the Raiders mobile app on your phone, uh, all you got to do is go to that and you can click radio and you can listen to it. And you can also go to Raiders.com and click radio. And it's right there as well. Uh, There is a podcast form of it everywhere you find your favorite podcast, including this one. Uh, Just go ahead and punch in Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 and that'll pop up as well. And of course, I tell Chris Carter every single Friday, there's only one nation. It's always Raider Nation. He's a good dude, though. But uh, he, he believes in some Steeler Nation, which that does not exist. And I tell him that each and every time. So thank you for that text. I do appreciate you. Next up, I got a call from Myth from the 408. He's calling to talk about potential head coach. The Raiders could swoop up after the season if he's fired and let go from his current team. Here he is, Myth from the 408. Yo, yo, Q. What's up? It's your boy, Myth, from the, calling from the 408. Uh, real quick, uh, what is it? Uh, a coaching suggestion I, I I I haven't heard really people talk about, maybe because he's still hired, but is uh is uh Pete Carroll from uh, Seattle. I think he may be out after this year. I don't know, but I mean, we, from what I've seen, I mean, I think he'd be a great fit. Um, but that's you know that's just what I you know my opinion. Um, just want to know what you think on that, and uh, yeah, I mean. What, what what do you think? I mean, just basically your opinion on it. Um, and also, uh, just kind of the fans like eating and like eating at each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, uh, what do you got to say on that? Any any words to the wise or any suggestions? Because these guys, I mean, Twitter is just 
uh, all dogs, these Raider fans on Raider fans and <laughs> Charger fans jumping in, just biting in, or the, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's just chaos, bro. But, uh, I mean, I'll take the words from the wise or, you know, any, any suggestion, bro, anything to kind of calm us down and try to make everybody notice that, hey, we're on the same team here, you know? Um, shoot, I've even seen people go at you, and I'm like, man, five, six years ago, we really didn't have no coverage from the Raiders at all. Like, I'm, I'm grateful for these, these podcasts, bro. I'm, I can just sit down and listen to hours and hours of just Raiders, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, but, um, hey, man, just keep doing what you do, bro, and keep taking those hits, bro, because, I mean, you can, I mean, you can handle it, bro. I mean, I gave you kudos for that. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say, bro. All right, peace out, Raiders. There he goes. That's Myth from the 408. Thank you for the call. And Pete Carroll, that's a name I like. I like him a lot. I'm not sure if that's the guy that the Raiders really want or need right now. He just has that old school feel that, you know, you just don't know if that's exactly what the Raiders need to do, what kind of approach they need to take. You know, you really, I feel like you need a guy that's going to help put some juice into that offense, and then still have the smarts to have a good dude defensively holding it down. You know what I'm saying? And uh, Pete Carroll is not really that guy. He, uh, you know, obviously him and Russell Wilson, who knows how that relationship's going these days. I'm just not sure if that's the guy that's going to fire up the fan base. And I think that this next hire has got to be a big one. I think it's got to be a home run. So I don't, I don't know if that's the guy, but I like him as a coach. I really do. As far as the fan base fighting with each other, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. You know, fans are mad at other fans, talking trash on Twitter. I mean, hell, I'm getting banged on on Twitter for whatever reasons. Fans calling other fans fake, you know, and I don't know. Fans are getting fired up, and I get it. This season's been crazy. It's been a roller coaster affair, but, I mean, it's just it is what it is. I, I don't think everyone needs to be banging on each other. Uh, even on the podcast, folks are trying to bang on each other, and so when that happens, I just got to try to shut that down as well. So uh, thank you so much for that call. appreciate you. Up next, and I got time for just a couple more texts from Jason out of Idaho. He says, hey, Q, it's Jason from Idaho. Just have to ask, not that I'm downplaying the season or the way we played this year, but my question is, are all fan bases harder on their own teams? Don't get me wrong. I have games where my family leaves the room or avoids me for a bit as well. But look at teams with the same records. The NFL talks like they are good teams and we're trash. Browns game, for example, they have excuses on why they lost. We're also missing tons of key players. Wide receiver, tight end, corners, linebacker, you name it. Shoot, we're even missing a head coach, offensive coordinator for that matter. I agree we should have beat the Browns, but oh wait, we did beat them. And we are a depleted team as well. Not to mention the mental game of how we lost some of these players and coaches or sitting on a bus to play a game and it gets canceled. No excuses, but this team has improved talent-wise. Thanks, Q. Raiders for life. That is from Jason in Idaho. And I'll say this. I think every fan base, when their team is losing, is banging on their team. They really are. And my perfect example of that was when I was leaving the Cowboys game on Thanksgiving and when I was listening to the Cowboys flagship station in Dallas and how everybody was calling in saying Dak Prescott was trash, Zeke Elliott needed to be cut, Kellen Moore was a terrible offensive coordinator, Mike McCarthy needs to be fired, Jerry Jones is insane. I mean, I was hearing everything. And so, uh, yeah, feel pretty good that fan bases always beat up on their teams when their teams are losing. You know, and, and for the Raiders, they've been losing for so long outside of 2016. That's where the frustration is bubbling up. And this year, it felt like a different year. I said it multiple times. It looked like it was a different year when it got started, and then it, the wheels just fell off so quick, fast, in a hurry. That's what really I think has gotten everyone uh, really at a, in a tizzy, man. So I think that that's part of the frustration that you're hearing and you're seeing from the Raider fan base. But yeah, man, there's so many fan bases are all over their teams as well, and nobody likes their quarterback unless their quarterback is winning. 
<laughs> I mean, bottom line, every quarterback sucks unless that quarterback is winning, according to uh, your average fan base. So uh, as much as I hear the Derek Carr and we hear the Derek Carr debates and all that stuff, I heard the same thing when I was in Texas about Dak Prescott. I even heard the same complaints about Deshaun Watson in Houston while he was still playing. I mean, there's guys and people that really don't like him either. So it's just it's one of those things. Unless you're winning consistently, someone's going to be upset at you. So uh, thank you for that text. I appreciate you. And we got time for one more call. We'll wrap it up with a quick one from Zeb. A dizzy Raider, I believe, from Wichita, Kansas. He's calling to spread some love and cheer about the Raiders and this show. He's doing it on this Christmas Eve, and he's closing out. Here he is, Zebadizzy Raider, I believe, out of Wichita, Kansas, a new booty. Hey, Q. This is Zebadubi Raider, Wichita, Kansas. I'm a new booty. I just wanted to call and say I love my Raiders, man. I always have since 86. Uh, I love listening to your show. You're not biased, you know. You're probably one of the few that doesn't just read a teleprompter. I love your love for the game. I love your love for the Raiders. And I appreciate all your hard work. Let's go, Raiders. Let's go. There he goes. That's uh, Zebedizzy Raider out of Wichita, Kansas. New booty to the show. Thank you so much for the call. Appreciate the love and the compliments. And I'll say this, man. You mentioned the love for the team, and that's what got me doing Raiders podcast to begin with. In my opinion, this was just my opinion. I've told this story a couple times. There was not enough people talking Raiders, you know, from the radio stations in the Bay, from other uh, outlets, from all over. There just wasn't enough people talking about the Raiders. And, hell, this goes back many, many, many years before I ever even got into sports radio talk. You know what I mean? When I was still uh, trying to figure out what I was going to do in life, I always noticed that there wasn't enough Raider talk. Even when the Raiders were winning, when they went to the Super Bowl, there was not enough conversations about them. So I always kind of wanted to talk about them. I used to talk about them on my hip-hop station, Q97, and I used to get in trouble because we're a music station, not a sports station. But that's just what I did anyway. I just kind of you know, broke the rules. Shocking, right? Anyway, uh, you know, I just always felt like at some point I need to talk about the Raiders. So my guy, James Arcelana, gave me an opportunity to join him on a show. And we decided to call it the Black Hole Banter. And that was the very first podcast that I ever did uh, that was Raiders related. Hell, that was the first podcast I did, period. And it just kind of took off. You know, we did it once a week, sometimes twice a week. And uh, just had a lot of fun. And, and honestly, at that time, I didn't see too many outlets. I still, even, you know, radio stations, there, I didn't feel like there was a bunch of podcasts out out there that were talking Raiders, I felt like we were kind of in one of our lanes by ourselves. And I, I realized that there was others out there at the time. But uh, all of a sudden, you know, now there's plenty of outlets. There's tons of podcasts. There's radio stations. Hell, Raider Nation Radio 920, you know, the flagship station for the team. Uh, of course, the Lockdown Raiders podcast I do on the daily. I mean, there's, there's a lot of really great outlets and great shows, and there's a lot of good opportunity to get some really good Raider content. Now, I'll say that there's some out there I'm not particularly fond of, some that I don't think are real – um, objective. I think that they're just more kind of over the top and, uh, you know, is what it is. But that's okay, you know, because there's so many out there that whatever your flavor is, is what you could choose from. And that's the beauty of it. And so I think that there's a lot of different uh, avenues that you can go. So I, I do appreciate you enjoying this show. Uh, I enjoy this show in a major way. And, and hopefully uh, everyone else listening does as well. So uh, thank you so much for that. That's a good mic drop moment. That's a good way to wrap up the show. Hopefully everyone has a great Christmas Eve. Enjoy the holiday weekend. Enjoy your Saturday with uh, your family. If you are in Vegas, come on out to the Rockstar. We'll be there at uh, around 5 p.m. on Christmas night uh, preparing you for the game on Sunday. 
Sunday. And, of course, kickoff is 125 at Allegiant Stadium. Thank you again for making the Lockdown Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. And remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms. Uh, Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Uh, Enjoy the game on Sunday. We'll be back on Monday talking about it. Win, lose, or tie. It doesn't matter. You know how we get down. We're going to be doing it. So uh, happy holidays to everybody. Uh, Enjoy your family. Enjoy your loved ones. And as always, Raider Nation, just win, baby.